This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Well, hello. It's Friday, September 16th, week two. We're back, people. It's the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I'm joined, as always, by Matthew, ready to get hurt by Mike Williams Betts. I mean, I might already be hurt. If you're listening to this on Friday, we're recording this on Thursday, and I just can't quit Mike Williams and Captain on Showdown after two years ago, won me a ton of money. So uh, listeners, check in with me if Mike Williams has a dud. I am not in a great place. If he goes off for 122, might be retired after this weekend. Yeah, no, I think that's the best way to do a life check on bets is to ask him on Friday or Saturday, how you doing, bro? And if you don't get a response, it's because this man is already on his way to Cozumel. He's somewhere... Like, just on a beach, sipping on a Mai Tai, feeling good, or you could just be changing diapers. Yeah, probably that. Let's be honest. It's it's probably just that. Uh, We got a great slate. It's interesting because I think this actually works to our expertise. You know, week one, there's so much we don't know. There's a little bit more of what we know about teams, their tendencies, but there's also one fewer game this week where we get to take advantage of that for cash purposes and for GPP. So on this show, we will talk about the games we want to stack. We will hop into the mailbag, talk about some props. Uh, We've got a lot of things going here, but I wanted to start off before we talk about our cash picks from a listener named Bonnie. Bonnie B. I mean, this this story warmed my heart. It was great. It, It really was in the sense of, this is what Bonnie did. She talked to us on Twitter. We passed this around. She said, I impulse signed up for the DFS pass. I know none of us make impulse purchases, but DFS pass is definitely a great one. She said, I I made an impulse purchase of buying the DFS pass on Sunday because their podcast advice is always spot on. And needless to say, it paid for itself already. So, I mean, what a great correlation here. You buy the DFS pass. It works out. It pays for itself. And then you just keep on winning money. So this is the kind of stuff we love, right? 
I mean, I wish everything in life was that easy. And we're making it that easy for you that these products pay for themselves. And I think in the long run, our company actually loses money when you buy the DFS pass. I'm pretty sure that's how it works based off the content and the price that it should be. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Bonnie. She had a great week. Also posted a couple screenshots of her winning lineups, which shout out to her. That was awesome. And hopefully the listeners also had a great week one. But dude, I mean, DFS pass, I feel like for week one was kind of a, it was, there's some layup plays in there. I feel like week two, this is my, I love these slates, man. These are the hard slates to figure out when there's no plug and play Josh Allen. Just play Pat Mahomes stacks. Just play Justin Herbert stacks. Like this is where we have to really, I think, figure it out. And I feel like in general, public players that are not as skilled or don't know kind of as much as, as you, the listener, um, you know, are behind the eight ball. So I think this is a great slate. I'm pretty excited to break it down. You can do a life check on me because last year, week two, I remember I had my worst week of DFS yeah. possible. Do you remember that? Just <laughs> I, I remember your text, man. You, you were so sad. <laughs> it was dark times after having a great week one. So uh, yes, our cash lineups, I think over time, people get to build their bankroll and get to have fun. So let's talk about those cash plays. Straight cash, homie. This week... I think you and I are differing a little bit more than we did last week. Uh, is that your feel so far? Uh, there's a couple obvious plays, but I think in general, like last week, I we felt pretty confident in this. We almost played the same lineup, honestly. That, yeah, this week, I think there's going to be a couple that we just differentiate a little bit on. So at quarterback, so we'll give a couple of plays that for cash we really like. We'll give some FanDuel caveats. But first for DraftKings, at quarterback, I'm only actually considering two plays right now. It's Trey Lance at 5.7 or Derek Carr at 5.9. Where do you lean right now? I mean, we agree on this one. Those are the two that I have that I like the most. I also included just kind of, we're going to talk about the game with the Ravens, but you know, just look at the slate, right? There's no elite separators at the position. So if you just want a guy that can separate, I think Lamar's your guy. Now on this slate, the savings that you get from going down to Lamar, from Lamar, I should say, to Derek Carr at uh, 6.2K and Trey Lance at 5.7K is massive, and it goes a long way in paying up for running back and wide receiver. So my lean right now is to play one of these two guys. I think this pains me because I love Trey Lance. I think my lean is if I have the extra you know, few hundred bucks to get up to Derek Carr, I'm going to play him because of the fact that they're in the highest total. He has all of his weapons. We'll talk about Devontae Adams and the matchup we love. We just picked on the Arizona Cardinals last week. We're going to keep doing it all year. My issue with Trey Lance is not that I don't think he can be good. It's just that you know, last year we saw Debo get used out of the backfield. I think with Elijah Mitchell out, there's a good chance we see more of that. So more rush attempts go away from Lance to Jeff Wilson and whoever else in Debo. And there's probably no George Kittle again. So his weapons aren't as strong as they could be. Now, that said, if you need the savings, I am totally fine going down to Trey Lance. Both of these quarterbacks, I think, are going to make for interesting GPP conversations. We'll talk about that game. Uh, but with Lance... It's also interesting because Jeff Wilson is going to be one of the more popular cheapies that people put in their lineups at 5.1. I, I don't even mind if you want to shoot for Lance and you say he has one of those games where he runs for 70 yards to score, throws for one or two. Like I think it's totally fine to play Lance in GPPs as well. Um, but I would agree. I think Carr has a safer passing floor at home. Like He's averaged 294 passing yards per game. So there, there's just a lot to there's a lot to like there. Right now, I have Lance just for the savings, but I'm going to do one of those. And then in FanDuel, I wrote this up, but I have Lamar just locked in. Love the game. We'll talk about the game in just a second. At running back, I currently have projected 
Daryl Henderson as one of the most popular plays on the week, especially on FanDuel. And I can't imagine this week building a lineup without him personally on either site. Like at 6,200 on FanDuel, I think he's a lock on FanDuel. I think you have to have him in your lineup. DraftKings is a different conversation, but his usage was elite this past week. Um, he saw 81% of the carries, 100% of the running back targets, and it's the Falcons. So I think he's just really safe. Yeah, I think he's the free square this week. And, and I even put like in the DFS pass, I wrote about him and just said, like, I think this week there's more of a chance that we could see a little bit more Cam Akers. But that's only because Kyron Williams has the high ankle sprain and is on IR. I think they like have to play a little bit of Cam Akers. But if you look at the quotes from Sean McVay, I think it's very clear it's it's Daryl Henderson's job right now. So yeah, 5.7K, that's a misprice. To me, if you're not playing him in cash, you know, I think that's a mistake. There's a tier of running backs in that 5K range that it's really easy to build the lineup this week because of how much we like the wide receivers. Spoiler alert, Devontae Adams is locked in both of our lineups no matter what this week. But there's some running backs in that 5K range. Daryl Henderson, 5.7. Chase Edmonds at 5.2. I mentioned Jeff Wilson. And then if DeAndre Swift is out, he didn't practice today. Do you like Jamal Williams at 5.1 at home against the Commanders? I mean, this is only be if Swift is out. But if that is the case, yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we live for in DFS is the cheap free running back that's going to get a ton of work. And not only did he get work, you know, as a split with Swift last week, but it was all the goal line work. So now we could project him in that scenario for goal line, probably with some receiving work and 15 plus touches in that game. And, you know, last week, if you look at the the Washington game, the uh, Jaguar running backs had a pretty nice day combined with ETN and uh, James Robinson, both on the ground and in the receiving game. So the matchup I think is there as well. It's got a decent total on this slate. So yeah, I don't think you overthink it. This is only if Swift is out, which he has said he's playing. We'll see what happens on Friday, of course. But yes, in that scenario, I think he's definitely a strong play for cash. Williams has done pretty well whenever he's had those spot stars. Remember a couple years ago with the Packers, you and I were like, you have to play Jamal Williams uh, when Aaron Jones was out. So that's kind of that tier. I think a lot of people will build their lineups with maybe two of those and then pay up for one running back. So who are the elite guys this week that you're paying attention to? I know Saquon went off for you last week. Are you back on board? Never a doubt, baby. We're back. Yeah, we're back with Saquon. He is a little more expensive, of course, than last week. But when you look at what predicts uh, the most success in fantasy at running backs, it is volume and opportunity. And he played the most uh, as far as the snapshot of any running back in the league. He was the highest. Um, he's going to get somewhere around 20 opportunities. And at that price point, you should argue maybe he should be higher. And the matchup here with Carolina is not scary, especially because you look at what happened last week with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just going bonkers against this Carolina defense. So I think it all sets up again for Saquon. I mean, it looks like, again, the same issues for the Giants as there were last week where the wide receivers just aren't projecting well. Like, you know, Kenny Galladay looks like not himself. And then you have Kadarius Tony playing with the third team offense in practice today. You're going to have Wanda Robinson on the injury report. We don't know if he's playing. Like, it all just points back to Saquon. So I think if, if you're looking to spend up kind of in that 7K range, he's my favorite play this week. Last week, the Panthers were destroyed by Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on the ground. So I will poke one hole in the Giants, okay? Because they're getting a lot of love, right? A lot of love for what Brian Dable did. Saquon had a great game. I can't take anything away from that. The offense as a whole was super inefficient. They had two third down conversions. That was tied with the Jets for the fewest. So it's a miracle they won that game considering what they did, uh, what Daniel Jones did, how many times he got sacked five times, like... This offense will be inefficient. Let it be known. They were super inefficient last week outside of that long Saquon run. 
Um, he did obviously had a ton of pass catching work. So that's what that's what we like in cash. But I want to say for GPPs, he's going to get steamed up because of what he did last week. To me, that says I'm going to be underweight in GPPs. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's going to be the most rostered, I think, running back on the slate as of now. I mean, assuming we don't get like an, a freebie of injury or something like that. As it stands right now, he's going to be 20 plus percent, no doubt, probably up to 25 percent. Joe Mixon, I think, is a really easy play on FanDuel's 8,300. Saw career high 36 opportunities. I also like Javante Williams on FanDuel. Uh, if if you think Denver's going to run, run away with it as like a 10-point home favorite, I don't think you can copy and paste 12 targets from last week because they were in hurry-up mode. But I think that Javante Williams, you know, on FanDuel, on a touchdown side, I think you can get a lot there. Uh, play Jonathan Taylor in cash if you want to on FanDuel. Like, he's at 10K, but his usage was elite last week especially in the passing game like he participated in 61 percent of the routes so just wanted to make sure i mentioned jonathan taylor and then is there any other name that you want to throw out for running backs i also have on the list here uncle len you know uncle len me and him, we go back man we had a relationship on and off again i'm back in with uncle len but i will say there's just as, i feel like is inherent risk with leonard Fournette this week for the bucks i mean the issues for the team entering week one was just like, you know, Brady's down his interior offensive lineman, their left tackle injures his elbow. We're not sure if he's going to play, um, you know, Chris Goblin's out and, and all those sort of things. The entire like skill position group is banged up. So we need to kind of figure out what's happening there. But if, you know, obviously there's no Goblin, like I think he's going to be the focal point of the offense. It could be very inefficient. We generally think the saints are a good defense, but 31-year-old Cordero Patterson last week ran all over him for like five a carry. So uh, maybe they're not, you know? And I think, again, you look at cash games, you look at price point and touches, and I think his price point at 6.7K with projected 20-ish touches, it makes sense in cash. I think you can definitely poke holes for GPPs, but if you're just looking for safety, I think it's there for for Len this week. Early in the week, I liked the Buccaneers, and I liked Brady. He was only 6,400, you know, on drafting. I think that's a pretty low price for what we're used to with Brady. But the news is not trended well at all for the Bucks all week long. I know today we're looking at practice reports. Julio, Russell Gage, Mike Evans, who knows? Fournette was back at practice, but that's a game that it's pretty easy for me to look at and say, like, I could just fade the game, and I think I'll be fine, and I think I like the under already. So uh, Julio, speaking of wide receivers, he's an option for me if he's healthy. On FanDuel, he's only 5,700. His participation last week was great. In his first week, like I thought they were going to ease him in more, but man, like he was being used on downfield routes everywhere way more than I thought. And I looked up this stat uh, from Sam Hoppin, my boy from four for four, Tom Brady's 48 yard pass to Julio Jones was the longest completion by air distance since he joined the Buccaneers. So like, I mean, that's Tom Brady's game. He's not trying to chuck it 50 yards anymore, but it is cool to see that with Julio Jones. Who's one of my favorite players of all time. But, uh, Give us the cash lock of the week for both of us. Yeah, there's no way, in my opinion, you can make a cash team and not have Devontae Adams in there. It's just, I mean, you have everything working for you in the highest total on the slate. You know, the Raiders are up there in, the, in team total. I think they're just behind the Rams for the highest in the slate. And you look at last week, like Pat Mahomes just carving them up for over 305 touchdowns. And no, Derek Carr isn't Patrick Mahomes, but Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver the Cardinals cornerbacks are going to face this year and they're down a couple guys in the secondary due to injury. So you have that all going for you. And then the most important metric right now, popping in a new model that I have, Kyle is when your family comes to watch you play, which Devonta Adams went on social media, his grandma is coming to the game, 
which is going to be the first time his grandparents have seen him play in person as a pro. So you got Granny out in Vegas playing the slots, watching her boy Devontae. I just I can't make a lineup without him this week. Yeah, the granny model is popping, and I don't know if I've ever said that, nor will I ever say that phrase again, but grandmothers, just people play better. You can't let her down. You can't. I I agree. Um, Let's go for some cheaper options this week. I mean, Cooper Cup's always going to be somebody that you can throw in your lineup. Allen Robinson at 5,700 on FanDuel is just staring me in the face. I love being the type of person who says, oh, I'll play him in cash this week. Can you do it? If you're playing cash on FanDuel, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I I was expecting him to be popular on DraftKings. And then I was kind of looking around the industry and looking at our stuff that we have projected. I'm seeing below 10%. And that, to me, screams GPP play. Like, team has a huge total. We'll talk about that game. Um, and so if people are going to be off of it, like, sure, I'll play it in GPPs. But I don't think you have to go there and cash. There's other guys right around him in price points that we'll talk about that I like a lot. So A-Rob is fine for GPPs on DraftKings for me, uh, not in my cash pool this week. I need to give you some dap here because I hear you talk about this stuff all the time, like all the time, every single day. And you send out a tweet where you just say, here's his routes run, here's his snaps, here's his targets. <laughs> and you said he had a very solid night of cardio i may have heard you say that 200 times in our friendship (laughs) and you say it one time on twitter and it pops off is that the most popular tweet you've ever had in your life i think so i got like fifteen thousand likes or something like that it was (laughs) wild i I wasn't even trying to be that funny like it was just kind of a bit that i usually do and like you know i say it on the show and stuff but what i say it about is people out there wide receivers running routes playing a high snap share and they just don't get the ball like mike williams in week one Great night of cardio. Just running around out there with Keenan Allen off the field. But yeah, A-Rob on Thursday night. Dude, he must have got a, a lot of steps. Probably at least 10,000. That's the Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson model of trying to yes. just, just <laughs> you're out there. Chris Conley started for like four different teams the last like five years. Like, why is that dude still in the league? But yes, he's got some good cardio. Univers- University of Georgia, <laughs> shout out, by the way. Um, so Allen Robinson, I think he's interesting and in that same game, Drake London's also interesting. He's a cheapie on FanDuel at 5,600. So he saw seven targets. It's kind of a big deal for rookie wide receiver, uh, 21% target share. So that's more of the cheapies. But Christian Kirk is the safest if you just want to go that route. I think he's great on both sides. Do we have to think of him as like a top 20, top 24 receiver rest of the way? I mean, it's probably too early to declare that right now. But based off his usage in week one, he should be priced around like 7K, honestly, for the volume that he projects to see. And we saw it in the preseason. We saw it in week one. Played over 90% of the snaps, ran around 90% plus of the Lawrence dropbacks, 25% target share, 21% targets per route run, all metrics that just check the box. And what's kind of funny about it is, you know, he had so many targets. He only had six catches, 117 yards. So relative to what he should have done, he underperformed, which means you always want to go back to those guys in um, in DFS. So yeah, for, for me, Christian Kirk is in my cash lineup this week. Yeah, he almost had a touchdown, too, this past week. I like Christian Kirk. I like Brandon Cooks at 6K. I think he's really safe. Going up a bit further, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is somebody I wrote up that I think you can play. I know. I know. Um, he's still I, my heart. I want him to be, if he's bad, then it's easily, I get to call him Amon wrong St. Brown. Like, it's really easy to go there. But you already have I, the suite ready? Oh, yeah. It's saved. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's in your drafts. Yeah, I, I've been saving it since uh, like week 11 last year. Just haven't used it. Uh, I have to give him credit. Like he's involved in the offense. It's really easy for me to look at a player with a fourth round draft capital and just bet against them. And 
that's usually what I'm going to end up doing. But at this point, he's way too involved with the offense. And that's where Jared Goff throws the ball, like over and over and over again. So Amon Ra is a safe play. Let's go through a couple more. Michael Pittman, we loved him last week. Can you go back to him on the road against the Jaguars? Well, if you would have asked me this a half hour ago before I saw the practice reports, I would have said yes, definitely. So we need to see what happens with, with Pittman on Friday. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Apparently it's a quad issue. I didn't hear anything about it after the game, so maybe it's just managing reps or something like that. So um, look out for that. Look out for the Injury Blitz podcast. We'll talk about it more on Friday evening for joining the foot members. But if he's healthy and if he's out there, his usage was what we proje- you know, projected all offseason was alpha wide receiver one status. So again, kind of like Christian Kirk, you could argue he should be way more expensive than he is against the Jaguars. And we just saw what Carson Wentz did to the Jaguars last week. So yeah, I love Michael Pittman if he's healthy. And just a shout out, if you want to go to shopballers.com, get your Pity oh, City yeah. shirt. Mine just came in the mail today. Oh, I'm still waiting on mine. A- and I got a tank top, so I can't wait to rock that thing. Hey now, sun's out, guns out. I mean, that's, well, the thing is, all of us did. So when we play pickleball this next week, even though we play indoors, we're going to be playing, <laughs> we're going to be looking really cool, a bunch of middle-aged dads in their Pity City tank tops. <laughs> hey kids, how you doing? Hey kids. <laughs> um, all right, tight end. I like Kyle Pitts a lot at his price point. I think he's great on both sides. 5,400 on DraftKings, 5,900. Um, I understand if people are a bit scared, but this is a week where I think I'm probably going to look at Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts in cash paying up. I love Andrews this week. He's one of my favorite plays. I just put him as my cover guy for FanDuel. So those are my favorite two. And if I wanted to punt and just punt all the way down, it's our boy. Jawan Johnson of the New Orleans Saints. 2,500. He's 4,500 on FanDuel, but 2,500, if you just want to punt and get four points, I don't even care. Uh, but it's thinner than you think despite his involvement. Yeah, we'll talk about him in the uh, the end of the show today. And I want to point people into your article, The Pace of Play. You can find a lot of these kind of interesting stats that Kyle finds and writes up the dart throw section. That was profitable the last two years, man. So go there and check that out. Jawan Jennings is in that section this week. I will also give listeners one more. You know, the the usage was really frustrating in the first quarter Monday night when literally Denver ran like five tight ends out there. But by the end, like you saw him as the pass catching option, Alberto, you know, in that game. Is he going to be a GPP winning type of guy for you? No, I don't think so. But can you go down in cash if you need him at at 3.7K against Houston? Sure, I'm willing to do that. Denver's team title total is, is high, third highest on the slate. And generally when I'm looking to punt tight ends, like I just kind of want a couple catches and a chance at a touchdown. So I'm attaching myself to the high team totals of that week, especially on a slate where, dude, tight end is so gross. Like it's either, you know, Pitts or Mark Andrews, or you just go to the basement, honestly. So um, I don't mind Alberto at 3.7. We'll talk about Waller, but because we have Adams in our cash lineup, it's Waller's going to be more of a GPP play for us this week. Um, the Muth is interesting, but that game total is so low that it's hard for me to jump on board. Uh, the team implied total is not great for the Steelers. It's just a game we we talked earlier in the week like we want to stay away from. So the Muth, we love him, but probably not the week for it. And then let's finish with defense. We talked earlier about Cincinnati at 2.2K on DraftKings. Is that still where you're at? And what percent are they going to be in tournaments? Oh, man. 35, 40, I feel like. I haven't started putting together a roster percentage report yet, but it'll be out on the site today on Friday. Um, it's going to be a number that's going to shock you, I think, because, right, it's just, it makes sense. I think they're the free square in cash. You just play them. 
Cooper Rush, bad offensive line. They're playing like rookies no one's ever heard of as the wide receiver three for Dallas. So it's it's rough. I think you play them. They're just too cheap. But again, we, we are terrible at projecting fantasy points at defense. So if the field is on them, which they will be, do not play them in tournaments. In cash, I, they're in for me. Yeah, there's, I'm not playing them in tournaments at all. On FanDuel, I mentioned earlier, but the Jaguars are the stone men at 3K. Fun fact, Frank Reich has never won in Jacksonville as the Colts head coach. It's pretty mm, cool, right? Interesting. Cool stat. Hot stat. Sounds like a Carson Wentz problem. Yeah, it probably is. And a, uh, a Jacoby Brissett problem and a Phil Rivers problem and yep. you know, Scott Tolzien <laughs> and whoever else threw before Andrew Luck. Um, the Browns, I think, if you just want to lock in something, the Browns at home against Joe Flacco is a really safe. You have to pay up, but I think the Browns are a fine play. Um, we'll talk more about contrarian ones in a little bit. Like one of my favorite ways to get contrarian with defense is to pick a game that's really high total and then say, I'm going to flip it and just say the defense scores a touchdown or, and it takes away from everyone else. So keep that in mind as you're going. But before we get into the next part, let's take a break. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. We're going to talk next about some of the games that we want to stack the most. Stack attack. We're going to highlight four games this week that we think you can use for stacking purposes, different combinations. Last week, I mentioned that the Mahomes Kelsey skinny stack was the one that was in the Million Maker and someone didn't bring it back. So consider if you really like a game, like we loved the Mahomes side last week, we weren't crazy about the Cardinals. That's what you can use to your advantage. Just say, I love this side. I want to pick two pieces and maybe bring it back. That's why we're highlighting this. So the first game is the Arizona Cardinals at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders have a 28 and a half team implied total, which for the Raiders is kind of shocking to see, but that's how bad the Cardinals defense was. You wrote in here that the Arizona defense is hot steaming garbage. What do you mean by that? They're not good at the game currently. Um, I think JJ Watt might be back this week. We'll see. But they've got a, cu- a couple injuries to cornerbacks and safeties. And, you know, the Raiders, we just have this, like, image of what they used to be with the old coaching staff. Well, last week, dude, no offense was higher in neutral situation pass rate. I don't know if that holds. 78% is a very high number. But, I mean, with Devonta Adams there, you just follow what the team wants to do. You bring in the best wide receiver, arguably, in the game. They're going to throw the ball more. We saw that. So, t- high team total. Injuries on the defensive side for Arizona. Um, you know, I don't think we can project the same level of performance that Pat Mahomes had last week, but if Derek Carr comes out and gives us somewhere in the range of like 275 to, to 300 and three scores, no one should be surprised by that. I love this Raiders offense because of the way they showed the first week, like we're going to pass the ball. I understand that they were behind, but their pass rate over expectation was eighth in the league, third in neutral situation pass rate. There's just a lot to like here. And because the target tree is pretty condensed, right? Like if you're going to stack the Raiders side, you're either going to go with Adams, you're going to go with Waller, you're going to go with Renfro. Is Carr somebody that you want to double stack though with because he doesn't run the ball? 
I think you have to. Yeah, I mean, we, he does have those games where he'll kind of get you like 10 to 15 yards and you might find the end zone with his legs, but that's pretty rare. So I do think if you are playing Carr, you should be double stacking. The issue with playing Carr this week, in my opinion, is that I think he's going to be one of the most popular plays in the slate. And sometimes, like in the DFS pass, we have trouble capturing the stacking, you know, like exposure that happens. Like we saw it last week. We didn't think AJ Brown was going to be that popular. People love Jalen Hurts. They automatically were like, oh, we'll play AJ Brown. So, I mean, we're projecting Devontae Adams to be wildly popular. Derek Carr is going to be one of the most popular plays in the slate. So I just think if you are stacking him, like I think you should play Devontae Adams, but just kind of think about how you're getting different elsewhere in your lineup. It's not that you can't do it. Just know you're going to be playing into a lot of roster percentage. Yeah, I'm projecting that to be at least 35% combined roster percentage between the two. And for a quarterback, just for reference, like anything above 10 is really high for a quarterback because it's so spread out. And on a slate where we don't have Mahomes, we don't have Josh Allen, we don't have Hurts, like I think you're going to see a lot of Derek Carr lineups. What do we think about Josh Jacobs? Because I've been kind of off this entire offseason because the way that McDaniels does things, the way that they've done things in New England is they just kind of compartmentalize every single running back. Brandon Bolden, you're the third down guy, right? And he did actually have a third down red zone touchdown, 18-yard receiving touchdown. Zamir White, here's a rookie. He could steal some some short yardage looks. Uh, it, it kind of feels like this is a running back room I want to stay away from. But last week, Josh Jacobs saw 64% of the snaps and a touch on 31% of his snaps. He's interesting from a GPP perspective at his price. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really expecting to ever want to play much Josh Jacobs this season, just because, like you said, in best ball season and stuff, we were kind of like, yeah, like his upside isn't there. They declined the option. They brought in all these guys. Like all the signs are saying, like, probably not going to be the dude. But, you know, he's, he played enough and got enough volume that I think he can pay off some weeks and have a few spike weeks. And so, yeah, I think in this game, like we know it's going to be Derek Carr and Devonta Adams. You could play massive leverage for Josh Jacobs this week and at his price point on DraftKings. We know Daryl Henderson's going to be one of the most popular plays on the slate. He's only $100 more. I don't think anyone's going to click the button on Josh Jacobs for those two reasons. So if you want a guy that comes in probably like around 10% in tournaments, I think he is definitely viable. Again, high team total, um, good tag. I'm, I'm kind of interested. But can you play Carr, Jacobs, and Adams? No, I don't think you can. And is that just because what you're saying, if that happens, is they sit on a lead, Josh Jacobs gets two touchdowns on the ground, and the volume isn't there for Adams? Yeah, because I think if you're playing, if you're eating into that chalk and GPPs with Carr and Adams, they have to go off for you. Like if they just both get you, you know, 18 to 20 points, it's not going to be good enough to separate. And so in that situation, I think it cannibalizes the upside of Josh Jacobs. So for me, it's it's one or the other. It's funny to see the Cardinals as the first game that we're talking about the first two weeks, right? Last week was Chiefs, this week it's the Raiders, because of how off we've been on them. Like just under on their win total, which is now at seven and a half. You can bet that. And I was like, oh man, would I take the under? I'm not because I I did get to look back and I was like, you know what? I'm happy about that call. And I'm not saying it's a a chalk it up to win, but it feels like it's moved in a really good direction where I can just say, you know what? I don't have to double down on it. But I do feel that strong. Like I don't mind. I don't think this is a team that's going to win more than seven games. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I don't think that they're built for it. Their defense looks terrible. They're in a really tough division. They have a second-place schedule. I just think there's so many reasons to not like this team. But I do like Hollywood Brown this week. And I think he will come in a lot lower roster than what he did last week, where a lot of people did roster him, and he only went 443 in a touchdown. So Hollywood is 
pretty much the only piece I really like on the Cardinals side. Yeah, I agree. I do like him a lot this week because, like you said, they underutilized him last week. Kyler came out publicly and said, we got to give him the ball. Best receivers in the game get, I think the quote was like 10 targets or something like that. So if you're going to get more volume for a guy that we know has splash plays in him in probably a come from behind effort, that sounds really good to me, especially after he was chalky last week. So yes, if you are stacking this game, I love Hollywood as a bring back. It's weird because Kyler's the most expensive quarterback on the slate. So you would think that he is somebody that we really want to play. We like paying up for quarterbacks. He runs the ball. But there's so many reasons to not like, especially the Raiders pass rush. So any other things on the Cardinals side that you want to highlight? I mean, James Conner's totally fine. Like I could see people playing Carr, Adams, bring it back with Conner as like a common or, you know, Carr and Adams and maybe bring it back with Hollywood. Or Greg Dortch is probably going to be a little too popular that, yes, his price is cheap. Maybe he can get some cheap targets. Uh, but he's on people's radar where he wasn't last week. Yeah, that's true. I think George is fine for cash. We don't really talk about him, but like if you need to just punt and save some money, 3.5, totally fine. Um, we'll see what happens with his roster percentage, but checking the DFS pass for that, if he's popular, to me, no way. Like it's just the slot role, probably not a lot of, you know, high dot type of stuff. So that'd be an easy fade in tournaments, but in cash, he might be all right. Outside of that though, like, you know, Connor's fine. I just, I've, I'm a little worried about the Cardinals just ability to move the ball and like for him to kind of have the games where he is awesome which is whenever they get inside the five he gets the ball and you're hoping for two touchdowns so I'm off James Conner personally I love Hollywood I can't play Jay Green no thank you and Zach Ertz we think is probably still less than 100% but we'll see what happens with him so for me it's Hollywood not much else uh, in this game all right last thing before our Vegas pick Darren Waller how are you approaching him as GPP only play yeah, I mean, his price point's pretty good. 5600 is not expensive for a guy that we know has upside. Um, if you want to get leverage off Devonta Adams and Derek Carr, you could just play him as a one-off, I think, in this tournament or in this in this game, I mean, and play him in a tournament where it's like Darren Waller or Hollywood, kind of a mini stack. Sounds pretty interesting to me. Um, we saw what Travis Kelsey did last week to this Cardinals defense. And so, yeah, I think Darren Waller is totally viable as a pivot off of Devonta. No, I like that if, let's say, Waller goes for like 100 and scores. Then you're getting the bonus on DraftKings, but Derek Carr necessarily doesn't have to be the person that gets there. Like if Derek Carr, let's say he only throws for two touchdown passes, there's no way he's important to a lineup, right? No, I don't think so. And actually, I think now that we're talking through it, I feel like Derek Carr is probably a bad tournament play. I, I, I mean, the floor is there. The floor is definitely there in cash, but he didn't throw for three touchdowns at all last year. Like not in one game. It just wasn't something that he was pushed or asked to do. And which means he'll probably throw three in this game, right? Yeah, probably. But the thing that I think about with Derek Carr, and the reason I just said that is, again, from a projection standpoint, like I like him in cash, but you could capture almost all of Derek Carr's production if you played Devonta Adams or you play Darren Waller. It's kind of what we're saying. And there's just so many guys on this slate because you don't have Mahomes, Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen that can beat Derek Carr. And so if he's going to be 15, 16, 17% in tournaments, I'm probably not going to play him. Yeah, you need 303 from Derek Carr. Yeah. All right, what's your Vegas pick? Uh, I like the over. Give me the over on this one. I will take the Raiders minus five and a half. I'm not scared at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, next game, it's the Washington Commanders at Betts' Detroit Lions, who, let me check, hold on. Nope, didn't win. And you know what? I think they're actually going to get it this week. I think this is a game where they can win at home. Your boy, 
Uh, it's your boy Riverboat Ron versus Guns Mahoney. It sounds like what a matchup. Like some, I know th- those two guys sound like they're like bad guys or like henchmen from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Riverboat Ron <laughs> and Guns Mahoney. Uh, I did find the stat: the Lions are favorites in a game for the first time since November 2020. So, congrats. Do you think they win? What could go wrong, right? Um, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like the Lions should never be favored, which they haven't been. So. It's close. It's it's basically a pick at this point. I think it's uh, minus one and a half for Detroit. I kind of think Washington takes it. So I want to at least throw this out there about Detroit. Their pace stats, everything we saw in week one, I can't just copy and paste those. Like when I was writing the pace of play article, I can't look at that game script, which is almost exactly what they did last year in week one against San Francisco. Remember, they were losing and they had to come back at home. They still lost, but some of those pieces got there because of them just in comeback mode. Will they be pushed? Like, will Jared Goff, do they want Jared Goff to throw 35 plus times? I don't think so. I think if you watch hard knocks, uh, you look at what the team invests <laughs> in, uh, they would like to establish the heck out of the run on the ground with Swift who hopefully he's healthy and Jamal Williams. So yeah, if they can get, you know, Jared Goff around like 25 attempts to 30 attempts in a game, I think they'll be very happy. Both of these quarterbacks, it's weird to say that they will be liked this week. Like, they've never been players that the fantasy community says, like, I love these players. But after four touchdowns from Carson Wentz, after Jared Goff and the Lions offense kind of stormed back, I think both of these guys will have more roster percentages than I feel comfortable with. I like Gibson a lot in this game. I think Gibson's a solid play. Um, I do like some of the wide receivers. Amon Ra's fine. Uh, McLaurin, I think, is a great play this week. So how would you attack this game from a stacking perspective? Yeah, I'm not super interested in either quarterback, like you said, but I am interested in a lot of mini correlations. You know, we'll have to kind of see what happens with the running backs. But if you just talk about the wide receivers for Detroit, I always love Amon Ra, of course. And the thing that I like about him is that this week he's priced up a little bit. And so last week he felt like an obvious value. This week, maybe not. Um, You look at what the slot wide receiver last week did, which was Christian Kirk against Washington, Amon Ra could do the same. And the only thing that I can say about poking holes in either of these two guys, whether it's Amon Ra or DJ Chark, is just like you said, do they want Jared Goff to have to you know, throw the ball a ton? We want to play these wide receivers mostly in scripts where they're trailing. And so to me, it makes a lot of sense to correlate with Antonio Gibson. If you think Washington wins this game, they give Gibson the ball a ton, the Lions are forced to throw a bunch and catch up. So to me, I think a mini stack of Gibson and Chark or Gibson and Amon Ra um, makes a lot of sense from a correlation standpoint. I walked through the commander schedule just as kind of like, okay, this team, I don't think anybody was really excited about them. I did take their over. I don't know if you remember that. I do. I took their seven over. and a half, right? That's right. I felt good about the line. I feel obviously a lot better now, but I walked through the schedule and I said, they actually could start the season like four and two, five and oh, like, or five and one, like they're in a pretty good position. They have a fourth place schedule. Like it's, it's easier than you think for the commanders. And we love the wide receivers. I got, I'm, I'm excited that every single week we could pick one of these guys, but man, in cash, do you feel comfortable with any of them? Not really. Well, that's, I shouldn't say that Gibson, I think is, is, is cash viable. If you like him a lot, I think there's other backs that I prefer, but if you love him, I can't poke any holes in it. It's hard It's hard to go a lot of different places, but at least I can say this about Gibson. McKissick saw six opportunities last week in a game where they did have to battle back a couple of times. 
So Gibson was explosive, uh, 130 total yards. Like Gibson was awesome. He's Jason's start of the week this week. So I like Gibson, but Dotson after two touchdowns, are people going to be chasing those points? Uh, I'm not sure they will. I personally don't want to. Like you said, if we talked about it on the Tuesday show, if he doesn't catch those balls, you know, it, it's a bad stat line. The usage wasn't really there. So I'm not chasing Jahan Dotson, especially after he's priced up. Can you play Curtis Samuel in cash? I don't think so. The price is nice, and it is nice that you get the four carries, but Curtis Samuel has let you and I down many times in the past where it was just one of those things where we just kind of had to move on. Terry McLaurin is still your boy, though, right? Oh, never a doubt. Yeah, I think he's totally viable in GPPs. I mean, the Lions, we saw what A.J. Brown did to them last week, and I think A.J. Brown is a better wide receiver than Terry McLaurin, but the point is, the Lions are not good on defense. And so someone on Washington is going to return value. And I, I want to have exposure to some of these guys. I think Gibson and uh, McLaurin are my two favorites. Yeah, Gibson and Monroe are probably my preferred play if you wanted to correlate these two. I also don't mind if you want to get off of Monroe and throw another dart at TJ Hawkinson's way. He's really hard to get a peg on, but he was involved 91% of snaps, seven targets. You know, if he gets that red zone touchdown instead of Monroe, I think we'd be talking about Hawkinson as a really good play. So I like his price point. I think it's right there where it's totally fine if you want to chase this game. Last thing I want to say, Swift, if he does play, which right now we don't have that information, where does he land for you? I don't want to cop out and just say, like, let's see what the field does because when I was starting to put this together for roster percentage, like, he was coming in around, like, 18 to 20%. So I feel like if he's active, you're not going to sneak anything by anyone. That said, monitor the DFS pass this weekend because we updated uh, Sunday morning. And if Sunday morning, it looks like he's going to come in under the radar because people are worried about it. If he seems healthy enough, he makes sense for sure. All right. Give me your take on this game. I'm scared to do this, but I'm going to go with the Manders. I don't mind that call. I My strongest take was the under. It's hit 49 on some books. So I just think these offenses will not be that efficient and they will not be pushed like they were last week. When Jared Goff had to, you know, come back and they scored all four of their touchdowns in the red zone. Like that's just not going to happen again for the Lions. So give me the under in this one. All right. Now we're talking my Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, who should they have won? I don't know. I was totally fine with them losing. I was in the studio. We were watching the game. I was like, guys, come on. This is not, this is not how it works. I know, I know the script. They're going to lose. We've only seen it 20 times in the last three years. Atlanta Falcons at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are 10.5 point home favorites. This total is at 47. And this is usually when we care about onslaught builds, where when you have a team that has a 29 point team applied total, I want three pieces from their side, and I'm willing to not even go anywhere on the Falcons side. But um, yeah, this is a game where I have to have Rams in my lineup. I think you have to have one of them, right? I mean, we talked about Henderson for cash. He's obviously super strong. If you just want to eat the chalk and get different elsewhere in GPPs, totally fine. Um, we didn't really talk about Cooper Cup. The issue is he's just... The reason we're on Devontae Adams over Cooper Cup is just you save $1,300 to go down to him. So if you can jam him in and make it fit, Cooper Cup is obviously a great play. And, you know, we talked about A-Rob already. Like, there's a lot of ways you can go. I also wrote up Tyler Higby in the DFS pass. Saw 27% target share last week, over 90% routes run. You love all those metrics. So the bottom line is we don't know who exactly pops off, but someone from the Rams is going to pop off in this game. And so if you're building multiple lineups, uh, you should definitely get some exposure to all these guys. A good reminder for the Rams is that they have three extra days of rest. 
They're playing at home, and Sean McVay is their coach. So I think it's a really easy team to lean into their total. Now, the touchdowns could be spread, where it's like Henderson gets one. That helps everybody in cash. Uh, You know, Cup gets his touchdown because that's what he does. And then there's one other one. Stafford ends up with three touchdowns, and nobody's super happy. But we like this team because of what they have in terms of touchdown equity. My lean right now is to make sure that I'm not playing as much Henderson, or, or if I am playing Henderson in a lineup, then I'm stacking him with Stafford. So it's like Stafford, Henderson, and then throw in one other piece like Robinson. Um, I probably want three Rams in my lineup if I'm fully stacking this because I'm I'm saying they're going to score 35 is what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Yep, I think so. Kind of that onslaught stack. And there's not really much else to add. Like we just we think they're going to roll. They're going to have a, a good game, you know, 10.5 point favorites which I think they do cover. So we're on the Rams. I, my question is, though, just like how do you handle it in GPPs with the Falcons? I talked about on Tuesday, for, like on FanDuel, you need touchdowns to win, to have a top-heavy payout. I have concerns about the Falcons scoring touchdowns. On DraftKings, it's an interesting conversation because you could say they get behind and they just have to throw, throw, throw in the second half. And it's kind of nice. We know where the ball goes. So are you interested in either bringbacks on Atlanta? I'm only interested in London or Pitts. Uh, I don't think Mariota will be able to keep up. He had what I wrote down as the Jalen Hurts light line this past week. I mean, 212 passing yards and ran for 72 on the ground, added a touchdown. Like that's that's Jalen Hurts, but he's not going to be able to supply that. So if you knew that you got last year's Jalen Hurts, okay, let's just say that. Last year's Jalen Hurts on this team and maybe like 20% worse, you would not think about stacking any really anybody other than maybe one piece and hope that they were hyper-targeted. So I like London a lot. Um, and then I just I still believe in Pitts, but do you have a lean on those two? Yeah, I like Pitts. I mean, his usage was strong last week. The, the box score didn't reflect it. But you just kind of go back to metrics that you trust, whether it's targets, playing time, routes run, all those sort of things. He checked the box. And so, yeah, I think you look at air yard share as well. He was tied with Travis Kelsey for leading the position in air yard share uh, last week in week one. So I'll take a shot on Kyle Pitts. And you talked about him in cash. I don't think he's going to be popular whatsoever. So I think he's a phenomenal GPP play. If he's not popular, then I will be playing him on FanDuel. I think he's a great play of 5,900. I looked this up today. We did this on the main show for Never Not Working. But Teams that get blown out by 12 or more points, which is what I'm I'm just going to say right now. I'm taking the Rams minus 10 and a half. I already have, right? <laughs> right. What do we call that again? Like just the, what kind of bet oh, the is The happiness that? hedge. Yeah. No, I'm feeling great. Feeling great regardless. I mean, I feel like 80, 85% that the Falcons lose. <laughs> yeah, they're going to lose the game. That's for sure. I can't do 100 because, you know, I'm a math guy, but like, I mean, 80, 85% is a big deal. In the NFL, that's how I feel. Now, 10.5 is a different story, but I'll take 10.5. But quarterbacks in those games that are in blowout losses, like they can't supply very much. They average 197 passing yards over the last five years in these losses. So if you knew you were getting less than 200 yards from Marcus Mariota, it might just be best just to fade the whole Falcons side, right? If you told me that was guaranteed, then yes. All right. So you're taking the Rams too? Oh, yeah. All right, let's do one more game. We'll blitz through this one, but this is one that you and I are both excited about, and I think it's a little bit sneakier than where a lot of roster percentage and where the public feels, but it's the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. They're both 1-0. This game only has a 44 total, 
So I think a lot of people aren't really looking at it. But both of these offenses threw way more in their week one wins than you would think. Miami was number one in pass rate over expectation. Baltimore was sixth. And even crazier, they were second in neutral pass rate. So Baltimore got up in that second half. They had that Rashad Bateman touchdown, but they kept throwing. That's what shocked me the most. So Lamar's our boy. We've been all over the Ravens this year. How are you stacking that side? Yeah, the nice thing is it's very clear who to play. I mean, if you're playing Lamar, you hope he runs. And so I think you single stack him and you just pick Bateman or Mark Andrews. I personally love Mark Andrews this week. I think he is a guy that could really separate at the position. And because of how people want to build, get to Devonta Adams, you know, maybe spend up for cup, um, play a lot of those 5K wide receivers. I don't think a lot of people are going to try to jam in 6,400 Mark Andrews on DraftKings. And so I like the Lamar Mark Andrews stack. Uh, for me on the Ravens I think Bateman's fine he just didn't see a lot of volume he saw the deep targets that we liked last week but he didn't see a ton of volume Mark Andrews underperformed in the box score usage was still strong so it could be Mark Andrews I haven't been cash do you think I'm a little too bullish on him I mean if you have the salary like I think he's going to finish as the tight end one on the slate so if you can get to him I think he's great yeah I think he's still underpriced for his role and what he did last week like People were mad at him in redraft because he went 552. But, I mean, that's that's the type of thing where he goes for two touchdowns this week against the Dolphins. So, I like him a lot. Not playing Kenyon Drake in a revenge game. Lamar just doesn't throw to the running back, so can't do that. Well, and J.K. Dobbins probably going to play, too. Yeah. Is he going to play? We'll see. You're, Everything you're, right you're now seems like he is going to play. Does he come out for... Five carries or eight carries? That's kind of the question. To me, there's no possible scenario where he comes out and gets 22 carries in this game. Yeah, I let people chase that if they want. Let them chase Devin DuVernay. I mean, you can mix him in if you want. I get that in a tournament, but uh, I, I, I know that people will be chasing him more than they should in terms of tournament roster percentage. I love the Miami side. Like I could probably pick three or four options on the Miami side that I feel really excited about. I think that stacking that side is something people won't do. And there's still a part of the Miami offense I feel like we haven't seen fully unveiled. We saw that pass rate over expectations skyrocket. We saw the short yardage stuff with Tyreek where he basically was like put in Debo situations where it just put him in the open field. We saw that big you know touchdown from Jalen Waddle where it's like, that dude's just freaking awesome in the open field. So there's a lot to like here. I mean, I don't mind either of the running backs. Chase Edmonds is a great cash play. He's going to catch at least 20 yards, right? He has I mean, to. 19. 19 yards. What happens if he doesn't? I'll be looking for part-time work. Uh, <laughs> yes. If you can find the line, we wrote it up in the DFS pass, and I think it's pretty much gone, but we found over 18 and a half receiving yards. Uh, our projections had those uh, around 30 for uh, for Edmonds, so a huge edge in that. So if you can find 18 and a half, we like the over. I think there's like 20 and a half out there. That's fine. But yeah, if you got the best line, you should feel pretty good about it. I saw it at 23 and a half today, so it's, it's long gone. Um, I like Chase Edmonds. I even will say, I just need to put on record, I like Raheem Mostert as a dart throw because he was their red zone back last week. So I, I liked Raheem Mostert as somebody that I think people won't play, and I think if they get ahead, he can be more involved in red zone, and we know Raheem Mostert's one of those players that can break off long runs, so... I don't know, maybe they lean on that, but Tyreek and, and Waddle are the main pieces here. Tyreek saw 12 targets. 7,100 is still too cheap for a player that we know is always a threat to the 100-yard bonus. 
And Jalen Waddle, since week six last year, he's averaged over 14 fantasy points per game. That's for FanDuel sites. To compare, Tyreek's had 14.2 in that same span. So you're getting basically the same player. Waddle's a little bit cheaper and will come with a lower roster percentage. So any lean on those two? I'll have exposure to both. I love those guys this week. And, you know, we didn't even talk about like the matchup defensively. They just lost Kyle Fuller, their slot corner. Uh, to a uh, torn ACL, the Ravens did, and they still don't have Marcus Peters. So they're shorthanded again in the secondary. We saw what happened last year, and, and no, it's not that bad, but they are shorthanded, and I think they're going to take advantage. And what I love about what the offense did last week, they actually tried to run the football. If you watch like the first quarter and a half, they just weren't having success. And Mike McDaniel, as a good offensive mind, said, that's not working, let's just throw the ball. And they threw the crap out of it, and it worked. So I think they go back to it again this week. And so... I think two of doubles with both those guys are in play. If you just want to play one as a you know mini correlation with like Andrews, that's fine. But either way, I'm going to have a lot of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle this week. What did you think of Tua in the first week? Because they got the ball out of his hands pretty fast. It's like that's like the San Francisco Jimmy Garoppolo way. Is just get the ball out of my hands. Um, he averaged 8.2 yards per attempt. It, can you stack him? I mean, I don't want to spoil anything on the show, but. Uh, he is my stacking quarterback under 6K because on a slate like this, you just remember everything is is context. Normally, when we have Herbert, you know, and Mahomes and all those guys, I never would think about playing Tua. But on a slate like this, if Lamar fails for whatever reason and Kyler fails, any of these pocket passers can can go off. So I think this week we just need to think differently about quarterback. And so yeah, Tua will be in my pool. Can we pour one out for Mike Gesicki, dude? Your boy. <sighs> he had some great weeks last week, didn't or last year, didn't he? Yeah, he had some it's high over. usage weeks with Jacoby Brissett, but I mean, he's your Penn State guy, and I feel like he's. Just, <laughs> they said, "Hey, I want to franchise this player," and then just phase him out of the offense. That it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I I don't understand that move, like the transaction behind it, because your boy Durham Smythe, or as he's known around here as Smythe the Blocker, he uh, he basically was on the field the whole time just blocking. So that's what they prefer. That's better. But give me your Vegas pick. Yeah, I think we both like the over in this one, so I'm taking over 44. I'm with you. Let's battle it out. DFS Battle Royale. Dude, you smoked me last week. Did I really? Yeah, I, I went back and I was like, well, how did I do this this last week? You had great calls, but I also think you got in the dock first. But I think this is more of, you know, this is a group effort, right? Oh, absolutely. As long as people are you know winning money off of what we're saying, that's all that matters. But also what matters most importantly is that I win. All right, we're going to go through this pretty quick. Give me a stacking quarterback under 6K. Yeah, not much to add. We just talked about it, so rewind 45 seconds. If you missed it, give me two at 5.6K. I'm going to take Jared Goff at 5.4. You really need him to be pushed, the 300-yard bonus. Uh, so Jared Goff going to get 35-plus pass attempts at home. That might be his thing, especially if Swift's out. Who is a cash game running back under 6K that's not named Daryl Henderson? I'm going to go down to my name is Jeff. Jeff Wilson, 5.1 against Seattle we know Jeff Wilson has a history of being successful when he's the dude and I went back and looked at like when he actually gets called on as the starter he averages almost 17 carries in those games so if you're going to get 15 to 18 carries against Seattle in a bounce back spot for the Niners I think he's definitely in play I'm going to go with Chase Edmonds at 5.2 he's been in my cash lineup the entire week and I'm stubborn enough to just stay with it but I think you're going to get five six targets here especially if they're battling back I think he's going to be a safe play Hopefully you get uh, some goal line usage. I mean, Mostert was basically the guy in the red zone, but 
like Edmonds at 5.2. It's a great price point. Who's a cheap wide receiver under 4K that you could see in your lineup? Yeah, I have on the dock uh, Greg Dorch. We talked about him with the Cardinals. The volume's there. I just really question the upside. I'm also going to throw out, not to count, my, my real answer is Greg Dorch for our game, but I want to just throw out for listeners, Richie James, complete dart throw. Uh, he is below 4K, super cheap. He plays for the Giants, if you didn't know. The reason I'm saying that is I don't think Wandale Robinson plays in this game. If Wandale plays, ignore everything I just said. But the wide receiver room is in shambles. They need playmakers. Richie James, last week, six targets. You could do way worse down in the price point he's at. Do you remember the Richie James game on Thursday night? Oh, yes. When everyone thought it was going to be... Trent Taylor. Trent Taylor, yes. Thank you. (laughs) It was Richie James that went off. Yeah, I lost a lot of money that night. (laughs) Richie James was the wide receiver one on that week. He went bananas for the 49ers. I don't think anyone saw it. I'm going to do your boy Ben Skaronik. We only talk about him usually once a year when it comes to either playoff or showdown slates. But at 3.3, he ran enough routes where he he was the wide receiver three. So if Ben Skaronik, let's say you're stacking that Rams game and you have Stafford, Cup, and Skaronik. I think that could get there at his price point. Sure. Come on. Come on. <laughs> this is a dart throw. I cannot play this dude. I don't even know if he's good. I didn't say he was good at the game. I do think Stafford is. Apparently, Tutu Atwell is not good at the game. No. Confirmed. They do not trust him. All right. Punt tight end this week. Uh, I'm going to take this right out of the article. Juwan Johnson, 2.5K, taking on Tampa Bay. Kyle, did you know 77% of his snaps were in the slot or out wide. And we love that for our tight ends. He also ran 32 routes, which was just one short of the lead for the team. Yes, that means the same as Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, all those dudes. He was running a ton of routes. So if you want a guy who might be getting some great cardio in in this game, 2.5K for Jawan Johnson. Man, I was really proud of that section. It was a really good section on Jawan Johnson, right? I Clearly, I liked it I, enough to use it in the, the pod. I went in to go put his name as a punt tight end. It's not there. So I will throw out two other names. Kylan Granson of the Indianapolis Colts. Like he was running routes ahead of Mo Ali Cox um, at 2.6. I think you could do way worse. And then just throwing his name out there. Isaiah likely was a preseason dude that everyone liked kind of fell flat last week, including a couple drops, but at 2.5, you know, everyone's going to be playing Mark Andrews like me. I think Isaiah likely is at least a name you need to remember and you need to hold on to. So, Let's prop it like it's hot. Prop it like it's hot. Last week in our prop section in the DFS pass, you went five and three. And I'm going to give that an asterisk because Russell Wilson was one of those that did not hit. We needed two touchdowns and somehow he only had one in a terrible display. But yeah, it was overall pretty good week for props, right? Yeah, profitable. I think it went from a good week. It could have been a great week. Uh, Thanks a lot, Russ. And yeah, that still still stings. Thanks a lot, Kyle. You can get all those in the DFS pass and in our Discord channel. When those things go live, you and I get to notify the channel, get to let everyone know in our premium props channel. And the lines do move, right? That's just something we do. But uh, lines do move on a couple of those, including one that has moved a lot for Chase Edmonds, like we just mentioned. Give me a prop you like this week. Yes, I typically target unders because of how much variance there is in football. I will take under 54.5 rushing yards for Najee Harris. I got this at minus 110 on DraftKings. The rationale for this is that there's just so many outs. You know, the game looks like it's a pretty gross environment. The offensive line for Pittsburgh, 
was horrible last week as it was last year. 29th in adjusted line yards per football outsiders. And now you have the foot injury on top of all that stuff going on with Najee. I do think he plays. And like, if I'm a season long manager of Najee, he's in my lineup. I just think there's so many assets for him to go under this mark. He did it last week. So under 54 and a half rushing yards, we have him projected for 58 too close to the, the projection there. I'm shocked that sports books even gave a line for Najee Harris. Like I would have just said, there's a lot. We don't know. There's a lot of outs. Like laying a line just sounds silly to me. I'm going to stay with the Steelers. Another line that kind of shocked me, Mitch Trubisky. I know he's your boy, Betts. His line on Bet MGM is 218 passing yards. I will take the under on that. Last week, your boy Mitch threw the ball 38 times. He had four quarters and an entire overtime, and he got to 194 yards. That's not pretty. Sad times. Sad times for Mitch. Yeah, so his under, I think, makes a lot of sense in a game that has a total of 40 right now against the Patriots. I just think that's going to be the, one of the grossest games. So you and I both say, hey, pick a Steeler, take an under. I mean, that, <laughs> that's all you got to do this what week. What could right? go wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong? All right, before we end, let's go to the mailbag. Mailbag. If you want to get your questions in, you can send them to at the Fantasy PT on Twitter, that's bets, or at Kyle underscore Borg. We're friendly. We're nice people. You can also shoot those over on Discord and lots of other people get to ask, you know, and answer your questions, look at your cash lineups, whatever you want. But this first one comes in from Brandon Brown. When building a cash lineup, is there a certain projected points threshold we should be shooting for? And I knew my answer right away. I don't know if yours is the same, but when I'm building mine for DraftKings and when I post my lineup review on Monday, I basically say, did I hit 140 points in my projections? I use our projections and kind of compare those. So where are you at? Uh, this is a good question because when I first read it, I was like, oh, I don't even think about that at all. And then I kind of thought back to like your process and what you do. And I think that makes a lot of sense to kind of have that target goal. That said, the slates are so different that like this week, I think 125 could get there in cash because when you look at like volume plays, we're going to have slates later in the year where wide receivers are mispriced, running backs are mispriced, and you're just jamming in value, 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 that like you might need 160 to cash, you know? So the slates are just so different, but I think that general rule, like 135 to 140 is is fine. Um, but there's going to be slates, you know, I remember last year, there was a slate where I had like 110 in cash somehow. So slates are different. Everything's, you know, unique each week. Yeah, no, I, that's a really good point that each slate is its own world. It's its own universe. You need to think about it that way. I scored better last week than I did week one the year before, and yet my head-to-head rate was different because of just how the slate played out. And a lot of chalk hit last week, right? Like Jefferson hit, um, you know, everybody yeah, that we, Pittman, like all the guys that we thought, Christian Kirk, like Saquon, like it was pretty clear that they hit. So in FanDuel, it's a little bit lower. It's half point site. So I shoot for maybe 120, 125. But yeah, don't feel bad if you don't get to 140. Uh, you just don't want to end up trading points of projection because you like a player. So last week, you and I had Hollywood and Saquon pretty similar, and I went with the game environment over the touches, and that was kind of our conversation of difference. But I, I think you and I try to hit around that 135-140 mark. All right, next question here. When Max entering a contest for the main slate, how many different lineups do you enter? Are those differences slight variation with a player or two or completely different? I'm not a great to be honest with people like max enter type of player so it's probably a better question for you but in my three max ones like i'm never 
entering a three max contest with the plan to enter one or two. So, you know, if I'm trying to max the contest that I play in, which is three max, I'm doing that every single time. So let's use 20 max. because I think that's a better example to use to, to think out 150, I think is just, it's a different beast. If you have the bankroll for it, if you have the time, but 20 max, I generally like to say, I want three different types of quarterback stacks. So I want to, you know, let's say this week, I'm going to pick Lamar. I'm going to pick Derek Carr and I'm going to go Jared Goff. He's a cheapie. I'm just saying like, those are the teams I'm going to use. And I'm going to have six of those be Lamar lineups, six of those be, you know, Goff lineups, and then another six or seven be Carr and kind of get near that 20 max that way. And I'm going to have a couple of different combinations for Lamar. And I'm going to just build it around Lamar and figure out that way that I'm going to have some correlations with him. So I'm going to have Edmonds on one team. I'm going to have Edmonds and Tyreek on one team. Um, I'm going to have a Mostert lineup, whatever it is. That's usually how I think about it. I start with the quarterback and the stacks that I like, and then I move from there. But um, I think 20 max for people is probably as much as they need to do, right? Yeah, I think so. That's that's kind of what I'd recommend. All right, let's go to one more question here from Ben Gibbs. What factors do you focus on to split hairs on cash game running backs and single out the best plays on the week? For instance, last week, Eckler looked like a great play in projections and game environment but he did not make it into the final DFS pass write-up for cash. That's right. He did not. And the reason for that was his price point. You know, when we started putting lineups together, like if you had all the salary in the world, Eckler made a ton of sense on paper, but you know, it's all relative to salary. What are you sacrificing to jam him in? Are you sacrificing a great quarterback play? Are you, you know, sacrificing an elite wide receiver who projects way better? So it's all about price point, really what it comes down to. And then from there, you know, price point and touches matter to me the most. And that's kind of where I leaned Saquon over him. I think we could project most weeks that Eckler is going to get you 18 touches probably. But now we know Saquon is too. And he was almost like $2,000 cheaper last week. And so from a medium projection standpoint, the savings that offered you to go down is really what made it the difference for me. But if someone showed up, you know, played a head head with me with Eckler in there, I would not have been surprised. And I wouldn't have said it's a bad play either. You know, it's just a matter of price point. Definitely. Like I had some lineups going in where Eckler in the afternoon slate was one of my guys. But let me give you the example of Eckler versus Aaron Jones last week. Neither of them hit, right? And we loved Aaron Jones last week. We thought it was a great play. But at 6,700 last week, Aaron Jones was projected to get, you know, touches that we cared about in a game total that was a little bit lower. But at a price point that you and I both said, that's that's where you want. You want to pick a couple of running backs in that range. In that 6,700, Saquon was in that range. Swift was in that range. So it really comes down to the other running backs too. Do they make it in? And if you are jamming in a bunch of running backs that are in that 6 to 5K range, it opens up stuff at wide receiver. That's why Justin Jefferson was in, you know, like all of our cash game stuff. Like play Justin Jefferson. We love him this week because what you can do at running back. Well, on this slate, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, if you're paying up for Devontae Adams, it's really hard to get somebody like Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. So, you kind of have to figure out how the builds work that week, but uh, it is tough. I just want you to know, like you and I, it's excruciating to get to that final point because all these players are good. I could see any of these players this week really go off, but uh, it just comes down to what is the best possible outcome. So give one quick plug for our best plays article. Cause if I could give somebody just one thing to look at in the DFS pass, that's it. Yeah. It comes out on Saturdays. And so, you know, the issue with recording the show when we do is, just a time thing like we have to have the show available to you guys 
so you can set your lineups on Fridays and moving forward. But we do miss a little bit of information that comes out Fridays and we have to adjust. Fortunately, in the DFS Pass, Kyle and I write an article together, comes out on Saturdays that looks at our best plays. We look at like our, our cash game locks. We give you three or four plays that are in our lineup for sure. We link to all of our articles throughout the week so you can go back and reference what changed and where we're at. Um, and at the same time, we give you some dart throws, leverage plays, favorite game stacks. Like You kind of know where our heads are at maybe from the podcast when it comes out to Saturday and Sunday. And, you know, I think it's a great way to just recap what has changed throughout the week and really give our final stamp of approval on, you know, these kind of plays and that sort of thing. If you want to play against us, you can go to ballersdfs.com and join us in our DraftKings League. We're always opening up tournaments. This week, we have an 800-person contest. If you want to join that, it's just $5. So go to ballersdfs.com. Bets, week two is coming. Why don't you sign us off? Week two is here, officially. Uh, I'm excited, man. This, these slates are tough, and I'm pretty excited to kind of digest it throughout the day today on Friday. But yes, check out that uh, Best Plays article on Saturday. We will have a lot of information in there for you guys. Hopefully, win a boatload of money in week two. Good luck. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.